Hello, this is NRA Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin, living abroad, who have inspiring stories to tell. We hope these stories will inspire you and comfort you to know that you're not alone. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. If we ask you to name top film or TV producers, writers, cinematographers, editors or directors, it's likely you can name more male than female. Well, that's not because you don't know, but that's just how the industry is skewed. According to a 2010 research conducted by Gina Davis Institute of Gender in Media, for every female character on screen, there are three male characters. That number is even more skewed for those working behind the scenes, where there are five males to every female. Over the past decade, those numbers have improved. And our guest today, Pooja Tripathi, has been working towards making that shift. Pooja is an Indian-American actress, writer, producer, and musician based in New York. She grew up in Pittsburgh and New York City in a home with predominantly Indian culture. Both her parents work in the medical field and Pooja expected to pursue a very similar career. She started her pre-med, but quickly realized it was not for her. Instead, she studied business administration at Carnegie Mellon University. Pooja began her career in the fashion industry, working in buying and digital marketing with some top fashion brands and couldn't have known that a chance meeting at a club in Saint-Tropez would create an opportunity to change her life completely. When I graduated, I started working at Bloomingdale's in their buyer training program. So I did that and I had a couple other jobs in fashion too at places like Fendi and Dior. But all the while while I was working these jobs, I had never really anticipated what the job would actually entail and just how corporate it would be and that it wouldn't really be so much of a creative career that I thought I was getting myself into. So on the side I started to kind of write and work with my friend Dion who I met seven and a half years ago in a club in Saint-Tropez in the south of France on vacation. We met completely by chance while I was studying abroad. She was there with her family on vacation and we just happened to strike up a conversation. And so ultimately she ended up moving to New York to study acting. So while she was there studying acting and I was there working in fashion, we just became better friends and we started writing together. And as the years went on, we came up with the idea to have a TV show together. And she graduated, moved to LA, moved back, started Fountain Avenue Productions, which is a female-based production company that aims to empower women both behind and in front of the camera. So I started working with her and ultimately got up the courage to leave my job in fashion and work with her full-time to make our series, Amsterdam Ave, which was actually the second series that we've made together from her med school dreams to becoming a filmmaker it's been a long journey for pooja but all that experience has come in handy while developing the character of kiran one of the central characters in amsterdam ave portrayed by pooja we're different in terms of the facts kiran she's a dj obviously her mom is different than my mom and the amsterdam aspect is different but the spirit of what Kieran goes through as a character which is basically the transformation of somebody who has primed their entire life to go to the best colleges you know it has a lot to do with the southeast asian indian mentality of go to the best schools get the best education and subsequently once you do that 
it costs so much money in the U.S. to do that that you think, okay, that costs a lot of money. I have to make a lot of money so that it was worth it. And parents sacrifice, or in some cases, kids get a lot of student debt, or however they were able to go through school. And you think I need to be able to pay this off. And I think that's Karen's struggle, and it's also the struggle of a lot of people in the U.S. who go through this education system. And ultimately, she decides to forego that path. To be an artist, to be a DJ, and it's funny because there's a line when she's in Amsterdam and she's meeting some of the other DJs, where somebody tells her, "This isn't really a job; it's more of a lifestyle." And it's funny because I've been told that too about the creative lifestyle. And every time I used to hear it, and I would think, "Well, what am I supposed to do with that?" I'm, I know I'm a creative person. I've been playing violin since I was three years old, and I'm good at violin. And I know that I can do other things creatively as well, but. It's so hard to take in that concept that it's a lifestyle because you just think, how am I going to fit into that lifestyle when I also have this insanely practical part of my brain, which has been put into my brain since I was a little kid. So I think that part I really relate to Karen, and the thing that's different between the two of us, she knows she's known from the beginning that it was going to be DJing. The thing for me was that it took a long time for me to realize that because when I was a kid. I didn't even know you could work in film. I just didn't even know that was an option, and it took me a while to meet people in New York and to get out there into the creative industries and understand all the different types of jobs you could have within film. Because if you don't know about it, then how can you know that that's what you want? There is a vast difference between the East and the West in their perception of careers in arts versus academics. A negative stigma surrounds creative careers. Most have preconceived ideas that perpetuate the concept of a starving artist. It's very hard to break away from the many years of conditioning. Something Pooja experienced when she was considering quitting her job. I think it's it's rare to find a community of people where their backup is having a full-on law degree or a full-on medical degree, but that is definitely the case here. And I think I also struggled with the, the idea of. Will I be able to fully go for it and really create a series, or really throw myself into this world if I'm secretly on the side, also studying to go to business school? Because of course I have that same immigrant mentality trickles down from your parents. You have to follow a career path that's sensible, that will be stable. So I was definitely really scared, but. The environment of the job where I was working was a really toxic environment, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And I didn't actually plan to quit until you know until thinking about it a couple more months. But I walked in one day, and it was so bad, and I hadn't been sleeping, I hadn't been eating because of all the anxiety surrounding this job and the dynamics on the team. And I just quit one day. I was 25 at the time, and I thought this is really the time now to make a change if I'm going to make one. Pooja found the courage to quit her job. She found a supportive business partner in her friend Dion, who did not judge her lack of skills or qualifications. Pooja's parents were also supportive of her choice, but worried for her future. Eventually, it all fell in place, but Pooja had her apprehensions and was terrified. I didn't want to have the judgment, not not only of my family, but of the the rest of my community. Because again, I went to business school, and the other people. From my community, they went on to work at places like Citibank or working in consulting companies, and 
they have had that same mentality in their head their whole life. So I didn't really want to have the after effects of that projected onto me because I was choosing something that was more risky. So I would definitely say that until a certain point, my parents were scared. I didn't even tell my dad. I didn't tell him until months later. And eventually, I think what really started speaking louder than anything were results because it did take a good year for us to get our footing, to work on a couple projects and to get to the point where we were ready to write, produce and shoot Amsterdam Ave. And ultimately, when it started to come out, we we had a screening tour and it was a worldwide screening tour we set up ourselves. We had about 23 screenings and counting in a lot of cities and in some awesome locations like the LinkedIn headquarters in San Francisco, the Dutch embassy, my university Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. So, both Dion and my parents were able to come to screenings on the tour. And I think that was really the moment where they thought, "Okay, this is this is going to be good." And throughout throughout the whole process, I was updating my parents with some of the small wins that come along the way, like, "Oh, guess what? Today we just were able to get Catherine Curtin, who is an actress who's been on Orange is the New Black and Stranger Things and Homeland. Uh she's a, a big actress who's been on Netflix shows and she wants to be on our project not because she's getting paid a lot because we had a very low budget, but because she loves the script. And then we also got Coco and Breezy on board who are our music directors and their famous DJ twins who are also entrepreneurs. And every time something like that would happen, I would update them and say, "Look, here's another awesome thing that happened." And Those types of things wouldn't happen if the product wasn't good. So I think results spoke louder than anything with them, but it was definitely a process. Celebrating small wins is so important as it helps one get closer to achieving the big goals and motivates one to keep on going. Pooja may have articulated those wins for her parents, but in doing so, she internalized it for herself. So what else did she learn through this process? For me, it was definitely a really big learning experience because I I learned a lot about myself. I think what we're told when we're younger about what we're good at and what we could do in the future is super important. I've seen that even with film like what young girls can watch on TV and what they see that girls can end up doing as careers that really affects what you think you can do. And for me being in a Southeast Asian community, I thought, you know, I play violin and I'm good at violin and I've been told that. But on the other hand, really it's academics that i should focus on and and violin and other artistic endeavors are really more of a hobby and when i started to be more in the new york creative scene i would i would meet people who maybe their parents are artists or maybe they went to a performing arts high school from the time that they were 13 years old and those people have been told their entire life that they're artists for me i i didn't think i was an artist i thought i was somebody who would have a maybe a corporate career maybe a career as something like a doctor or a lawyer something like that maybe i would do something on the side that would fulfill my artistic endeavors i'm a creative person and i'm an artist when you haven't heard it from other people you really internalize that and i thought you know what it's true i'm good at violin but i'm not really an artist and for years that's how i felt so i think i've discovered through all of this that you have to kind of trust your instincts and if there's something you really love to do you should just try to do it Growing up, Pooja did not know any artists in her community. There are so many girls around the world whose exposure to different careers will be influenced by media. That is what makes the phrase if she can see it, she can be it so powerful. Because rather than tell girls and women that anything is possible, 
it is much better if he showed them. Still, only that is not enough. And there must be a proactive environment that seeks women to fill in the roles. With Fountain Avenue Productions, we always work with predominantly female crews. So it's definitely by design. It's really the goal of our production company because in Hollywood today, this is really important to create jobs for women in the industry. And I think, you know, with the Me Too movement and everything going on, Dion had been auditioning in LA when I was still working in my job. And while she was auditioning, that was when the whole Harvey Weinstein, all the cases came out. And she had been going to these auditions and realizing that it's not really safe conditions because nothing is regulated and she wasn't able to get the bigger auditions because she didn't have a U.S. green card. So she would just find herself in kind of scary situations. And she found a Fountain Avenue Productions specifically with the goal of empowering female filmmakers. So all the productions we've done, we've had a predominantly female crew. Our goal for the series is to be picked up for a second season on a streaming platform. And anything that comes of this opportunity, if we get picked up or whatever happens, we want to keep this as you know one of our main pillars that we really believe in. We want to work with mostly female filmmakers. It's not because we don't think men can do the job. It's because Historically, there just haven't been enough opportunities for women in film. And we just want to be part of the change. We want to help create those jobs and opportunities. The world needs more Poojas and Dion's who are intentionally providing opportunities to create a more balanced industry. Each of us can do the same for the industries we are in, whether it's in academia or the art world. While that is one aspect that needs addressing, we must also work towards addressing our inherent biases towards careers in the art world. Just like Pooja, each of us has an academic and an artist within us. Instead of choosing a label, perhaps one might consider embracing what comes naturally in the moment. And in doing so, may fully experience and enjoy a life that is uniquely theirs. As I said before, that results speak louder than anything else. I would say this is probably the case oftentimes. And if you really feel strongly about, you know, let's say it's comedy or film or music, or let's say you're a doctor, but you want to be a lawyer. There are a lot of people who maybe they're in a corporate job and they just want to be in a different industry, but still in a corporate job. That's okay. I think you'd be surprised, and especially as a woman, we often undersell ourselves. We often think, oh, we haven't had years and years of experience in this particular industry. But it's really all about how you put those different skills together and we can do we can learn and do almost anything especially when you have that interest i think taking those skills and reformulating them to work in film i think i will have the ability to go a lot farther than if i had stayed in my old jobs because the most important thing is there which is that interest and the passion and that's really the thing that is going to drive you through and the rest you can learn the rest you can surround yourself by other people who know more than you do and you know for us we've worked with a lot of women and women of color and they they're so understanding. They know that you can't immediately know everything and they've been so generous with knowledge and sharing their knowledge. So whatever to sum it up, I would say whatever it is that you want to do, don't stop yourself because you don't think that you have the skills or the abilities to do it because you you probably do and there's a reason you have a passion for that thing. The mathematician and historian Jacob Bronowski said, "Man is unique." not because he does science and he is unique not because he does art 
but because science and art equally are expressions of his marvelous plasticity of mind. So let that unique light within you shine. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll join us again for our episode next week. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Share your feedback with us at hello at nriwoman.com. Please help us spread the stories of these amazing women by sharing it with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Our featured fellow podcaster is STEM Fatal Podcast. Emma and Emmeline teach each other about historic and current women in STEM and remind each other about doing things they definitely should know. You can listen to them on most podcast listening platforms. Welcome to STEM Fatale, your women in science history podcast. I'm Emlyn Gremlin. I'm Emma Dilemma. And we're two STEM PhD students <laughs> <laughs> trying to learn more about the women that science history has overlooked. Every episode, we tell the story of a historical female scientist. We discuss their struggles, research accomplishments, and get into the crazy banana sexism they faced in pursuing their scientific dreams. Do you like stories about escaping from the Nazis? We got (laughs) them. Or stories about NASA's lack of understanding of the female body? Yeah, we got those too. We've got it all. So take a listen. And go Go stimulate yourself. This episode was edited by Eric Heidbreder. NRI Woman episodes come out every Monday, so make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. So communities perform FGM with the belief that it makes a girl pure, it makes a girl loyal, it's done to control female sexuality. Communities have this belief that it gives a girl social acceptance for marriage, it gives her a sense of belongingness to the community. So communities perform it due to all of these reasons. There are also some communities that believe it's a religious practice or it's a cultural practice, but it's just important to remember that it's not mentioned in any holy books. It's not propagated by any culture either. It is a human rights violation.